Alright, welcome back to another episode of Generational Bonds. Clearly have not been thinking about the name here, <laughs> but, but we have improved. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, we have a new bot to kind of walk me through what I need to ask, so um, that, that, that's good. But if you are just listening on podcast, even better, because it makes me sound like I memorize everything. Okay, so um, welcome back. Um, if you haven't heard our previous episode, I'm Anthony, and uh, with me again is Willie. Um, and we are, this is Generational Bonds, so as the name suggests, we'll just be here talking about bonds. Right. Um. So so that I mean, it sounds boring, but hopefully it's not lah. Um. If if it is again, tell us. Um. Okay. So for today, right? I think we're going to cover really how we can look at bonds, how we can assess bonds, how to invest in them. Right. It's not just buy and forget. It's not always safe. It's you know all all these things. But nowadays, and especially for me, because I I like the Singapore government. You know, there, there's a lot of SSBs, um, Singapore government securities, the the bills. What what really actually what what are these? Are, are they different? things mm. are they really bonds yep so very 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 good question anthony so uh, these days you know you see on the news where you see singapore treasury bills go up to about 4.1 percent 4.2 percent right and then you Sweet, have right? your ssb you know right now they are they are about three plus percent i think mm-hmm. now there is a slight difference in terms of the terms and the names which use but bonds let us not forget is that bonds are basically like our ious right yep. we lend money to people and then we hope we can get the money back, you know, after a certain number of years. So the terms are different because of the different maturities of these bonds. Like say, for example, right, the Singapore Treasury bills, Mm -hmm. right, even though they're they're not called bonds, but they also have the same kind of features of a bond whereby Mm -hmm. you lend the money to our Singapore government and after, say, a certain number of period of time, you get the money back. So Treasury bills are instruments where you lend out for 12 months. It could be six months, it could be 12 months. So very, very short-term uh, investment uh, instruments. And then the government will pay you back after this period. It could be six okay. months, it could be 12 months. So that's why it's called treasury bills. So treasury bills are basically the, your IOU, which are very, very short-term in nature. Okay. Right. So these are your treasury bills. Now your SSB, on the other hand, which is your Singapore savings bonds. Now these bonds can be you know 10 years, mm. 30 years, right? And they are your, what I call your plain vanilla bonds, right? Okay. So if you invest in the Singapore government bond, today, you know, you invest, say, $1,000 or $10,000 in a Singapore government bond, which has a 10-year maturity. So at the end of 10 years, you will be able to get back your money. So that's the Singapore savings bond. So there is a difference here. Okay, so I, I think, you know, in terms of structure and in terms of payment, the, the Singapore savings bond acts more like a bond, right? Because mm-hmm. you you have that face value, hundred thousand. Don't I don't even know. Um, you know, then you then you you kind of pay get paid a coupon. I think every six monthly. Yeah, every six monthly. Yep. Um, and and sorry, I I just subscribed. I haven't got my first coupon yet, so <laughs> wow. I'll, I'll I'll be able to tell you in six months. Congratulations! Yeah. First ever time I got allocated ten thousand dollars. Hooray! You know, but I think that so that's kind of the the way. Uh, how a typical bond is set up, I, mm-hmm. I would say. And I think, you know, what, what's really interesting about the Singapore Savings Bond is, you know, last, last week as well, we were talking about price, right? And how price can fluctuate depending on, you know, risk and all that. Well, the, the face value of, of a Singapore Savings Bond is always 100. 
mm-hmm. right? Um, you, the government will always buy it back from you for hundred dollars. Nothing safer than that. that. There's no open marketplace where I can sell it for hundred. Can you actually can you sell it for hundred and one to a third party because they want more? You can't, right? I don't There's know. No... Maybe a black market will actually do so. Yeah. <laughs> maybe an idiot will actually buy it back from buy it back for a much higher premium from you. I mean, I don't know, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, if somebody wants to buy Singapore Savings Bond from me from for hundred and one dollars face value, I'm sure we can work something out, <laughs> right? Um, DMS. But you know, I think that that that's kind of the the way you can think about Singapore Savings Bond. Not not only you know is it. The, the full power of the Singapore government behind you. It, it's also that whole thing about, oh, they, they will always buy from you at 100. You can redeem at any time, mm-hmm. right? I don't think that that's available for all bonds. So, so you know, SSBs, yeah, good, right? Um, the, the T-bills, I think, are slightly different because mm-hmm. you don't get... I think you know, we, we keep thinking about, oh, we, we buy at 100 face value, we get repaid 100 face value. I think the the T-bills are slightly different, right? Because you, you buy at, let's say, 95 or 96 face value, and then we pay you 100 because it's so short term. Yep. So so your yield is actually kind of baked into your, your profit um, and from the time you buy the bond to the time you get fully repaid. Yeah, so you actually pay um, for treasury bills are slightly different. It means that Let's say when you are going to buy a treasury bill um, at, say, 5% here, you are not going to get a, the, the 5% immediately, right? It's because treasury bills are very short-term, right? You know, they maybe, say, last you about 12 months, mm. right? So they might not have a semi-annual coupon or a half. They don't pay you in, in between periods. So what's going to happen is that if it's a 5% coupon, this 5% will be paid all the way to the end. Right, so you put in a thousand dollars today. If you were to buy the treasury bill today, you will be paying the full face value of the mm-hmm. uh, the bills. You'll be paying say ninety five percent of it. So rather than putting a thousand dollars, you only have to pay nine hundred fifty dollars. Okay. And after the end of say twelve months, you are not going to get back nine hundred fifty dollars, but you are going to get back a thousand dollars. Okay. So that extra fifty dollars is the yield which the treasury bill would pay you okay. if you had invested in our Singapore treasury bills. So so in essence, it's like uh, an equi- a share where you buy, where it's guaranteed that you buy at $95 now, you'll get 100 in a year, right? It, that, that's essentially it. Whether you want to call that $5, you know, difference, a profit, you want to call it a coupon, you want to call it a you, whatever. Lah. It's just more money in your account. You end up with more money in your account <laughs> at precisely, the end than when you start, which is, which is kind of the aim of yeah. all investing. Right? <laughs> so, so that's good. Um, then, you know, one other question I, I was thinking about, we, we keep talking about these big corporates, right? And and how they kind of issue bonds and, and this is really debt on, on their balance sheet and all that. But they have access to banks, you know? Like like Fraser's has people lining up to, to kind of throw money at them mm-hmm. and, and give them a loan, right? Why, why would they need to go to retail, write a prospectus, you know, do all the listing, follow all those things when they could essentially do a private loan and, you know, get... Uh, and just just borrow from a bank, mm. borrow from DBS or someone else. I think that's a very very valid point. Very very interesting question as well. Um, I mean, for me as a credit analyst, uh, this is something which has always you know come across my mind as well. Mm-hmm. So the difference and the reason why, say for example, Fraser's um, property or any pro- other property developer would actually approach, um, say investors like yourself and myself to actually borrow uh, money through a bond is because they can actually take this bond, this money, and they can actually use it without the constraints of investors. So what do I mean by this? If Fraser's property today, they want to borrow money from the bank, what the bank is going to do is that they say that, hey, this money, 
you can only use for a specific thing. You know, it could be using for buying land to, to, to pay for construction projects, to buy your raw materials. Now, there is some constraints here, right? And the bank will always want to see the assets of um, your company, right? Mm-hmm. They want to see, okay, if you want to borrow money from me, at, uh, borrow money from the bank, the property developer will have to show, you know, what assets they have, right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if they actually go to the bond market or if they actually borrow money from the bond investors, bond investors don't really have to bother too much about what they're going to do with the money, mm-hmm. right? So they can take the money and they say, hey, I'm going to keep this money for another one, two years and I'm going to maybe bid for projects, you know, overseas. Yeah. Or maybe I want to use this money to actually hire more people. Or I want to use this money to expand my projects, right? So I could actually use this money without having to answer to the bond investor. The only thing which I need to answer to is making sure that I can actually pay them back at the end of the maturity. Okay. So this is one thing, you know, why property developers want to actually borrow money from the bond market. Yep. Another thing also because um, it's a bit more of trying to show off, you know, where property developers want to show off that they have that capability to actually borrow money from other investors. <laughs> you see, you don't, property de- developers, right, when they borrow money from the bank, it typically doesn't go out in the newspapers. Mm. Right? You don't get to see, hey, um, yeah, I know, right? city that, development that, doesn't... That, that's why all my deals don't get published in newspapers. Yeah. It's very sad. So, I like M&A. Terrible. So <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a matter of branding. But yep. if uh, property developers, say for example, uh, CDL or Capital decides to actually borrow money from the bond market, you know, it will be splashed out in the headlines. Mm. And this not only show you know, everyone that, hey, they have this capability to actually borrow money, and at the same time, it also lends some form of marketing for property developers. And even though people might not think that this is important, but to the developers, you know, it is important because it reflects um, the financial health of the business, right? Because yep. to be able to uh, come into the bond market to borrow money, you need to actually have a certain size. Yep. You know, you need to have a certain kind of stature and reputation in order to do so. Yeah, I don't know, right? Because to me, my immediate impression is, well, you're doing a bond insurance means you need cash. You're not profitable enough, is it? Okay, <laughs> right? So, so, so I think that, that that's, that's just me being cynical. La. So, so look, co- completely get that. Every right to do so. I mean, as a bond investor, I... I <laughs> like, like, why do you need the money? I would be skeptical. Um, so, right? you know, and, and I guess, but, but that, that's actually a really interesting point, right? So, you know, I mean, I, I do bank loans pretty much every day and, you know, I mean, there, there are general corporate purpose loans, so, you know, the banks don't always restrict what to use the money for, but they always, always have, you know, relatively strict covenants, right, restrictions. So, you have a negative pledge, you cannot, you know, go out and anyhow grant security, you cannot go out and anyhow, you know, raise too much debt, you yeah. know, um, because the banks are very interested in making sure that you can repay them. Yeah. I guess, you know, if they are marketing, if you're a company and you're marketing to a group of retail investors or a group of bond holders, your documents might have the same restrictions, mm-hmm. but who's going to check? Who's going to enforce? Yeah. Right? It's, it's not like, I mean, a bank has you know, people checking and making sure that all, all these things are kind of mad and, you know, if there's an event of default, they'll start engaging you. But if you're an individual bondholder, you might not be as aware. Mm-hmm. And even if you're as aware, how do you get all your other bondholders to come together to, to get an action? Right? And, and say that, hey, you know, issuer, you actually defaulted. You you breached my covenant. So you, you need to come and pay me back, right? That's mm. an event on default. So so maybe that there's a bit of kind of practical looseness um that, that an issuer has when, when they issue a bond to uh to, they issue a bond to instead of taking a bank loan. Although thinking about it, that just kind of means that I'm the carrot head, right? Like you you think that I cannot take action against you, that's why you want to give me that's why you want to you want me to lend money to you then. <laughs> 
I don't know. It's just so cynical, Anthony. <laughs> no, but, but no, I mean, no, I, I get, I get. They they give me more interest than they'll give a bank, right? Mm-hmm. I think bank loans are still cheaper in terms of cost of capital. They they do they are paying a price for a, a more relaxed, you know, debt holder than than a bank la. So, so yeah. okay, fine. Like you you can kind of see why okay um, companies want to do that. Great. Mm-hmm.